Hi, I'm Tara Christie, President and CEO of Banyan Gold. Banyan Gold is focused on building gold resources in the Yukon. We're immediately adjacent and a lookalike to Victoria Gold's Eagle Gold Mine. We've started our 2022 exploration season early, actually in late January. We started drilling. We planned 30,000 meters this year and a resource update in Q2. Tom, good to see you. I saw, we saw each other in November, but I, I thought it's worth catching up because you, you kind of started the year with gusto and a cracking on. So I better find out what's going to be happening this year before you've done it all. Um, so <laughs> I want to look back though, first at last year. Okay. So last year, not a good year for precious metal companies. A lot of charts look a little bit sad and depressed. I've not quite got back to where they were in the middle of the year. You're a little bit different. What have you done right? Well, I think we've we've done what we said we were going to do, which is the first thing. You know, we have a really strong geological model. We set out to drill 30,000 meters. We did that. We've said we're different because we are a year-round exploration story. We're doing that as well. We drilled to December 20th. We picked it up January 26th. We started. We now have three drills on the property and they're turning. Uh, they'll contribute to, you know, continuing to expand that power line resource uh, that we've been so excited about. And it's really still early days for power line. Yes, we made that discovery, remember, in spring of 2019 and then drilled out that initial resource in October, November of 2019 for that first 129,000 ounces. And I think you can see that that's been the focus of our drilling and probably where the most resource growth is going to be and continue to be. So, so tell, me about, tell me about this. I always talk to our um, subscribers and followers about fundamental stories, okay? So com companies that just have strong fundamentals. I think I think you're one of them. Um, but just lay that out in practical terms. Of what, what does that mean for you? Like if you take 2021, how yep. did you plan out the year? What were the things that you needed to do in the right order, in the right way, with the right people, with the right budget allocated? I mean, if you look back, so what are the moments you think that were important in terms of setting yourself up for this year? Well, first of all, you know, we financed in December of 2020, which gave us that that strong treasury going into the year. And then as we were drilling, we knew that uh, we'd be able to upsize, we'd be able to acquire the drills and uh, continue to, to roll through 2021 if we were able to do a financing. So we did that $16 million financing, a very small number of subscription agreements in that, and some great shareholders with, you know, Franklin Gold and Precious Metals coming in, Victoria Gold taking a larger stake, but, and then a few long holding funds, uh, but not a lot of subscribers. And, you know, we didn't do the traditional four month hold uh, flow through to flow through funds, which, you know, we did. We didn't end up with that pressure on our stock in November when those flow-through funds uh, have to sell. So, you know, that has really set us up. And we took enough money to get us all the way through 2022 uh, drilling last year, that 30,000 meters and another 30,000 this year, plus that resource update. And, you know, we've managed that's enabled us to get the right people on site. It meant we could sign our drill contracts back in October. And that I, I think if you don't have a drill lined up for next year already, it's going to be very hard in the Yukon to find people or drills. So, you know, we're different in being year round. We're also different for the, our employees. We actually provide year round work, uh, which means we've really got a good dedicated crew. We don't have to do that retraining that lots of companies have to do. And importantly, our model keeps proving out and our, our technical team is, I think, they're really knocking it out of the park. So um, look forward to a great year this year. And so all of last year really was to set us up right. I've tried to, you know, establish clearly with shareholders what their expectations 
should be of us and then deliver on that. You know, 30,000 meters, bang, got that. Results are coming. Yes, labs are slow, but our results are coming in. Those 21 holes we put out this morning um, show that, you know, the model continues to to prove out and that power line mineralization just continues to grow. Um, And, you know, my goals for this year are very, very clear. We plan to drill that 30,000 meters, put out that Q2 resource update, and then start our PA in the fall. We'll get another season of drilling under our feet here uh, before we put out that PA. We really want to make sure that we're, we're, we've got a lot of area yet to test. And, and certainly you'll see our drill program adapt here. Um, you know, we came into this year with an idea of where we wanted to drill, expanding power line. We're continuing to do that as well as, as we'll get some focus again on Oryx Hill, because I think that's another really exciting target. Yeah, the lot, there's a lot going on, a lot to take in from what you just said. But there's a few, th- there's a few little things that I think people miss, and, and and certainly, you know, I'm probably guilty of that on, on occasion. Which is things like you raised a lot of money for for the, for the market cap. You raised a lot of money last year, 16 million it, it, from the right people. So the register was important, right? And um, and what it said said about you know industry view view of you i think that's important but you said something quite interesting there is you didn't have that four month hold component on the on the, on the flow through genius under 100 million bucks they don't usually get that option it's it's like that's what the brokers want that's what investors need because there's a game to be played there how did you get away with not doing that well it was most of it was my book right so um i set the terms of the financing there was no warrant uh, which is also something you're seeing lots of uh, long-term warrants, which lots of investors want the warrant, and then they they sell the shares and, and hold the warrant for the upside. So I think that set us apart. And, and you'll notice all of my last financings have been without warrants. Uh, we'll have to see what the next financing when it comes and what the market's like then. But I really like to maintain that uh, doing financings without warrants. And I can, there's lots of situations where warrants a good idea. But uh, for us at this time, it really was the best decision for us to to do the financing uh, the way that we did. Uh, great price. You know, it wasn't a discount to market and no warrant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that people should be looking at that because it's a very, very, very strong indicator. The, the other thing is you've solved one of your problems. You talked about asset delays. You kind of solved that problem in conjunction with VG. So um, how, how did that come about? Well, really, you know, we all suffered through last year from from the challenges at the lab and they had more than just people problems and being able to find the labor. Some of them had cyber attacks and, and other issues. So, you know, we went from getting nice 20 day turnaround early in the year when we were the only one putting samples into the lab to, you know, three, four months. And we were expecting that we're actually going to get all of our assays that we submitted by December before April. So that's, you know, three, four months, um, which still is a very long long time. I know lots of companies have had a lot longer. So yes, we have been working with Victoria Gold and they're really leading because they have a very big drill program this year and they want their results faster. So they're looking at the, asked all of the independent labs to put together different proposals for an on-site or a dedicated site uh, for our assays. And so it would still be third-party run. We aren't going to be running it, but it would be located uh, at one of our sites or a dedicated it could be in the community as well. We're waiting to hear back what the final decision is on that, but that will ensure that, you know, Victoria Gold and our assays get preference that they are the only ones going into that facility. So uh, that would give us an advantage. And, and it is the prep labs where there's been a pretty significant delay. Uh, yes, the assay labs also have a bit more of a delay, but because, you know, pulps are pretty light, many assay labs have 
different facilities all around the world and they can ship the pulps to wherever to have them actually assayed. But uh, it's that the backlog is really at the uh, the prep lab stage. So hopefully this is going to work out for us. You know, we've, we, that facility is not in place yet. So we are still continuing to use a lab in Whitehorse and delivering our samples there. But I think we're the only ones delivering samples to them. So uh, it should be relatively fast. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Well, look, we, I'm talking about um, fundamentals and, and building blocks, the way that you've gone about sort of steadily piecing this together in, in, in the right way, in the right order, at the right price, et cetera, with the right skill sets. Um, 12 months of the year. But now you've got to keep delivering. You've got 30,000 meter program this year too, which um, um, can you just give us a bit more detail in terms of that, 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 that drill program? Where, where, where are you going? I know you can gave some headlines a second ago, but where, why, how much, how many meters, to what end, I guess is the important bit. Yeah, and so lots of questions. Why haven't you started to infill yet? You know, yes, you know, we did do that little section in the northeast corner. You saw we drilled at 25 meter spacings along cardinal and intercardinal lines, really to show us the grade continuity and give our QP comfort. And that will inform what we have to do for eventually converting it to higher levels of confidence in, in the resource. Um, we're not going to do that quite yet because I'm not sure. And I think our shareholders deserve us to do some more exploration towards resource growth before we start to convert it. Because remember, we found Powerline in 2019. It was a blind discovery. There's a huge area yet to explore. And we think that we we can correlate what we're seeing at Powerline within a, a very specific resistive unit that, that we can see Um uh, and we know that it potentially goes over 16 kilometers and we focused on about two kilometers and then a little bit up at Oryx Hill. That combined with that very strong soil anomaly up at, at uh, Oryx Hill, which is over 10 square kilometers, we've only drilled 0.25 of a kilometer there. So really there's a huge area and I think we do have to get out and put some more holes in it. So uh, the other really exciting thing that we found last year was that higher grade right near surface trend through the east and the west in the northern part of the power line area. So we're going to really Really focus on that, continuing to step out east and west. We know that the mineralization likely, you know, continues uh, north-south in there as well. But let's step out along that and see if we can find some of that higher grade. We're also, you know, looking at all the structural measurements we have from last year, combining it with our geophysics. We're going to draw, drill a couple off-section holes, which will give us some more information too on the structure and maybe some controls on that higher grade. Um, but you know, there's a huge land package here, 173 square kilometers. There's a lot more potential to get out there uh, to drill. So, you know, we're going to kind of look at the 80-20 rule, 80% continued really focused resource growth, 20% a little bit further out, uh, maybe testing a few of our little bit further out targets, um, which could be very exciting if they, you know, deliver. Okay, so that, that answers the next question, which is, you know, what, what was the ratio of that 30,000 30, uh, meters? Um, so the let's 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 talk about the resource upgrade and then subsequent PEA. So um, so that, that you'll have done that infill by when? And because there's a few other things, I have some questions that were sent in. People are sort of intrigued about you know you know the kind of the 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 the, the, the step outs. Sorry, the infill um, distances. I think a few people have muted muted how you're going to do it. But you know, are you at the point where you can make those decisions yet? I mean. What's the process you know, you're going to go through this there? This next resource update will tell us what that kind of preferred preferred um, distances from our QP and cut off and, and really as well along the way. way. 
Pardon me? And also that like with regards to the, like cut off and so forth, is that is all that part of the same process? Yeah, you, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself and saying, oh, the cutoff grade is going to be this. We know what the cutoff grade was of our original resource, but, you know, cutoff grade both influences or cutoff grade influences the overall grade of the resource, as well as you got to look at how it impacts strip ratio and the mineability of the deposit. Because, you know, we are looking at a big constrained deposit with a resource. That's what we'd like to have. So, um, yeah, just got to give us a little time, see what comes out of that uh, new resource update, and then we'll commit to what those numbers are going to be. And, you know, we're not going to focus on uh, improving or upgrading the resource uh, to measure and indicate it at this point. We can do a PA on an inferred resource. We need to, to continue to grow the total resource and also, you know, take a look at some of those other targets. If there's something up on OrXL, you know, it, it really does make sense. Right on surface, you know, gravity works with you. If you can find a starter pit somewhere in there where you get some significant higher grade than the overall bulk resource, that is uh, that could be really important for the project economics um, if it goes into becoming a mine. Okay, and in, in terms of the just on the exploration component, the, the kind of blue skies, it were, um, it, it it does a few. It's we'll do a few things for you. I, I get we need to do the resource upgrade because um, we want to feed that into the PA. You want to do the blue sky to give people a sense of the scale of the opportunity. You're sitting on a la large land package. You've, you've actually uh, recently acquired a little bit more. So is that right? Have you acquired a little bit more, or are we? Quite a little bit more of a land package. Yeah. We have a huge land package, 173 square kilometers. The right. bulk of our exploration is really in an area of four by five kilometers. Right. So okay. huge area yet to be explored. Right. So the, the, upside to, the upside to that is obviously, um, you know, it, it gets people excited about the, the, the potential. But are you doing any other type of exploration activity over and above the, the drilling? In the summertime, we will do some more soil samples, um, particularly the, the southern part of our property has not been soil sampled even. And then we have another uh, look-alike project. We think it's a look-alike. We call it the Nitra. It's off to the west. Uh, we've did some soil sampling this year. We'd like to get in there and do uh, more soil sampling to look for additional targets similar to Powerline, as well as some uh, trenching and potentially some drilling. Right. And so just for the uninitiated, because a lot of new people coming into the metal space from technology and this Gen Z crowd sort of trying to understand all these complicated words that you're using. So soil sampling is important um, process. Why? It is really a first look at a property. It gives you an, an idea of where there might be anomalous gold mineralization in the soil before you get in and do more expensive and more ground disturbing techniques like drilling or um, trenching. And you don't want to just drill blind. When we drilled um, power line, and I say it was blind, it wasn't totally blind. We had some old core that we logged. We thought that overall the rock package looked like it was, uh, you know, the same type of host rock. So um, you really want to do that basic work before you go in and do drilling because drilling is expensive. You know, you're you're paying twenty five thousand dollars per hole. You want to make sure you get that hole in a location that's highly prospective. And, I, you know, that's something our team does really well. If you look at our record of drill holes over the last 40 kilometers of drilling, I don't think there's one hole that's really a, a duster, which is, you know, something where there's no uh, anomalous gold mineralization at all. So that's a pretty good record. I think showing that our team really does know what they're what they're doing. Uh, I know that's a very technical term, but <laughs> no, but but, but there's, there's interesting, but interesting point that feeds up from what you're saying, which is um, no dusters. There's we have minimal success, then there's commercial success, and you 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 know the process you're going through is to try and work out 
targets that you can go and explore further. So, and that's a big, big part of this kind of soil sampling and uh, et cetera. Yep. You've got to do that groundwork first. And some of it's, you know, not glamorous. And, and, you know, I think that's kind of our story. When we acquired this property in 2017, we did that really basic work. We compiled historic data. We relogged old core. Uh, we tried to put together a model and then we very, uh, efficiently went out and did small drill programs to test that model uh, before we, you know, blew a big budget. And I think that's one thing that we try to do very well is use our shareholders' dollars well. Um, yes, you know, that resource, original resource was $2 per ounce. We think we're adding ounces for 5 to $6 per ounce right now. We try very hard to keep our drill costs low. We did invest quite a bit last year in putting in two camps to so that we could facilitate having three drills. We even had four drills at the end of last year to try and get that 40 or 30,000 meters completed before Christmas. Uh, so we know we now have the infrastructure for that. Uh, and we've invested in you know, everything from the equipment that we need to core shacks so that we're well set up to be able to drill in the winter, which lets you keep people. And it, it also means that long term, it'll keep our cost of drilling down because we own a lot of the things that um, on site, we own our camp, we don't have to rent it from somebody else. That's that's really important. It's a, like, I know you never get ahead of yourself. You like, you like to make sure everything's been done properly, but Spot has, Spot uh Young Brock here in London, Brock Salier, good guy, knowledgeable guy, has um, put out a bit of coverage on you guys. He thinks that mm-hmm. this is uh, e- easily three million ounces. Um, so, it, like I said, it's a ways and ways off, given where we're at and what you've got to deliver in twenty twenty two. If you are working towards that, that's going to obviously, you know, that's going to be good news for Victoria Gold, right? Big, yeah. big shareholder. It'll be good news for all of our shareholders, and, and good news for your shareholders because you, you know, if you get anything over two million ounces, you're going, you're going to get noticed. But, um, and and again, I get this our, our early early days here, but some companies like to kind of um, get ahead of themselves and and maybe put out those big headlines, etc. So, we, how how are you going to approach that? I mean, are you, I, I, I guess you're flattered by that uh, Sprott report, but at the same time, you've got to then maybe deliver against it, or maybe you've got a, you know different view about what you where you're going to get to before you say, well, actually, now's a, a good moment for good moment for shareholders, good moment for us, and maybe whoever else may want to walk in here. So, how how do you approach? Those sorts you know, of reports I, I've always said that I think in the Yukon generally, three million ounces is an important threshold number um, because it, you know, very similar. It's what Victoria Gold had when they, you know, put together their feasibility study and permitted, and that was to, able to convert to a two million ounce reserve. And then you can get a feasibility study where you get 200,000 ounces per year for 10 years. So that's, I think it's a very important mental threshold because it shows that's what was needed in this jurisdiction for a heap leach mineable project of a similar grade to be economic and to be actually built and operated and now cash flowing and and, uh, being successful. So that is a great comparable for us. And I think if we can get to that level of a resource, we will get noticed. You know, it is the next threshold for us. And then beyond that, showing that there's multi-million ounce potential on the property. If you look at Victoria Gold, they've continued to, to you know, define more resources 
with exploration, both beneath their pits and, you know, across their property. And they have a huge land package as well. So I think given that that's the same mineralized system that's on our property, this was a very long lived system that produced all the gold uh, on our property, their property. Uh, so that's really exciting. I think that this really is the next mining district in Canada for gold and yes, silver right beside us with Alexco. Uh, so you know, getting to that, and I'm, I'm pleased to see, you know, Sprott coverage and hope we get some other analyst coverage as well. And, you know, he does that from a basis of knowledge because we do put all of our drill callers and our assays uh, up on our website so that people can download the full spreadsheet and do their own real analysis without having to go through every single news release. And our holes are really quite um, similar, 100 meter spaced holes, all dipping, all going north, dipping 60 degrees. You know, that's a pretty simple deposit. It's roughly, we're seeing these 15 degree uh, sheeted veins, so roughly horizontal. Uh, we know the mineralization goes to depth, but we're not chasing it at depth because we are really focused on let's make this a open pit uh, heap leach story with low strip ratio right from surface. Uh, and, you know, that really then is comparable to what Victoria Gold has. So, yes, we're trying to be cautious and not saying what we have yet because, you know, we, we have that 900,000 ounces. You can see how far we've expanded the mineralization. And uh, we'll wait and see what we get from our QP here in Q2. That's coming up really fast. So, um, you know, we wanted to put out a significant number of holes this morning. You know, 21 holes is a, is enough to make people kind of go, hmm, wow, look at how much more mineralization that has added. Yeah, well, absolutely. And it, it, can, it continues to be consistent, um, you know, in, in terms of the, the, the numbers that, that intersect. Uh, intersects as well. So, I, it, it, like, it's, it's impressive stuff. Like, keep doing what you say you're going to do. Um, we're watching with great interest from the sidelines as to, you know, how you how you're progressing and how you're getting on. And uh, I've enjoyed. You know, uh, talking to you over the past couple of years and seeing how it's developed. Because I think if you remember, you're about six million market cap when we met. Yeah, seems was, a long time ago. It might have even been three million. Oh and wow! Was, uh, it wasn't that long ago. That was still 2020 when we were uh, yeah. before we put out that resource in May. Um, and you know, I think that's another interesting thing is to look at how uh, what happened after we put out that resource. You know, and it was in COVID, right? So it mm -hmm. was May of 2020, and we put out that resource, and you know, the market saw a little increase, and then you know, it was hard to market. You know, here's a great resource, here's a great story, um, but it was all virtual, and, and thankfully we had some great relationships in order to be able to do that. And then you know, then you could see the share price really start to appreciate, but it took a little bit of time. So hopefully, um, with us you know, things getting a little better on the COVID front, it'll be easier to get out and market. You know, I'm heading off to the BMO conference. I just did a conference in Whistler this last week, uh, talking to lots of shareholders, old and new. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Q2 is going to be a really exciting time for us and uh, all of 2022 with our drill results and, and what we have planned. So hopefully you're not sitting on the sidelines uh, too long because uh, it's an exciting time for us.